Hey guys, welcome to Win-Win Situation with Tony Wynn. I am Tony Wynn, and uh, I am sitting here with Dan Lucy and Matt Vereen. This is part two of our podcast. Uh, enjoy. Um, so speaking of just like stories, um, Dan, what, what's been the most memorable story that you've covered? Well, I'm fortunate. I mean, I've been to a Super Bowl, World Series, a bunch of World Series, uh, all-star games. Um, you know, one of my favorite times was, and it's kind of fun because we're going covering Drury. In 2013, I, I watched Drury men's basketball team win a national championship. And what was fun about that was they weren't really that expected to do that well. They weren't like the number one ranked team in the country. They didn't have a big winning streak going. They won their regional, you know, in an upset. They got to the Elite Eight and won in an upset. They kept being the, the Cinderella, and then they ended up winning the whole thing. And, and I didn't even think when the tournament started that they had a chance to win one game, let alone the whole thing. So that was fun, and we got to travel around a little bit. We flew down to Atlanta for the championship game. And it was really uh, – it was fun because they won the whole thing, plus – you knew the coach, you know, and you knew the players. They were your local team, and it wasn't the big team in town either. So it was really fun. That was probably one of the best things. That was 2013. Gotcha. Matt, anything you've covered or, or even maybe something you've seen that you thought, wow, I'd like to be able to do something like that one day? Well, I mean, mine would probably be pretty similar. The problem I ran into at Mizzou is that I was actively learning how to tell stories. And yeah. so – a lot of the times, the big ones, you kind of feel almost more of a spectator on because I'm learning how to ask questions. I'm learning from the people around me. So, like, if I'm covering Mizzou football or Mizzou basketball, I tended to take more of a back seat and learn from the others. Now and this year, it's kind of my first time getting to step in and really execute that role with a lot of responsibility. And so it's it's become a lot of fun. And I'd say what we're driving to right now, the Drew Lita Panthers have been an excellent example uh, for me because, you know, I came down – and I kind of took it upon myself to start, you know, to handle a lot of the coverage of them, to get to know the team, to get to know the players, and to watch their season develop as they hit the number one ranking and then finished an undefeated regular season. Then they go and get the conference championship, and then to get the opportunity to host a coach's show with, with head coach Molly Miller, which was excellent because I talked about it a little earlier, but that sort of host, narrator, asking questions role has always been something that I really liked. It was always where I kind of felt I, I thrived the most. And so to get the opportunity to do that with her, you know, a, a rare opportunity and talk to the players as well was, was a lot of fun. And so now to get the opportunity to go and watch and see if they can win a national championship, having spoken for the team for a full season now, uh, is really cool to see. It's hard not to kind of become a fan a bit. And that's a bit of a conflict for, you know, you want to try and be unbiased, but when you're spending that much time getting to know a team as a person, getting to like them, getting to watch the way they play, getting to speak with them, learn about them off and on the court. I mean, I'm actively currently wearing a sweater that says Jury Women's Basketball on it, which, by the way, is top five, one of the most comfortable things I've ever worn in my entire life. Uh, you know, you kind of battle that conflict of interest, but it's it's kind of more fun in sports. I think that we're trending more that way. On the news side, it's far more a battle with, you know, implications on the battle of democracy as far as your conflict of interest but on sports it's like it's a basketball team is it is it okay to pull for a team you've been covering to go win a national championship 
some people would say yes, some people would say no. It's it's a bit of a toss-up. It becomes tougher if, you know, there's some, some breaking news that involved with that tool, that school. If there was a scandal of a school you were covering, you kind of have to take a step back. And so it's it's an interesting time. Gotcha. Um, in terms of, uh, 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 I don't know, necessarily favorites, but, like, is there any any athletes that you've just really been keeping your eye on or should should tell like the viewers like hey you should check out this person because you're expecting something great out of them well i mean that's that's tough because sometimes the athletes disappoint you you know like kareem hunt Mm -hmm. seemed like a nice kid um you know when we're talking to him up at chiefs camp and stuff and then you know he disappoints you with some of the decisions that he made and and that's what people are going to do sometimes you know you can't put people too much on a pedestal you can't put athletes too much on a pedestal because you'll ultimately end up being disappointed. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to host the Boys and Girls Club Steak and Steak Dinner over the years, and I've met a lot of really famous athletes, and, you know, some of them are are really nice, some of them are really aloof, and you just kind of, you know, you take it as, as you can. Peyton Manning was really super. I think he was a really nice guy, genuinely a nice guy. Um, I'm trying, um, Brett Favre was, extremely nice i mean he's just just really down to earth kind of guy one of the guys i'll tell you a perfect example of this is um uh the kansas city chiefs tight end uh now i'm blanking on who um travis Travis kelsey he was a clown when he first got to the chiefs he was always doing stupid things getting dumb penalties in games he would always do two things and do three things wrong and I just kept thinking, man, I don't like this guy because he keeps costing my favorite football team different things. Yeah. But now that he's matured a little bit in this last season, he's really grown up. I could see it on the – but, you know, before this last season, he came down for a steak and steak dinner, and I was able to talk with him a little bit off camera and talk with him on camera. And he genuinely is a nice guy who cares about kids and cares about his community. And he kind of – his attitude changed – as a player as well, he's more mature, set a bunch of records, helped the team do do the best it's done in, in decades. And I think it's just, you know, that's another case. That, that was one of the guys that I would say, you know, I was wrong about him. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a fun thing to do. But, I mean, I, I the other thing is in my 35 years of covering sports, you're always going to be disappointed with people, with athletes. Sometimes they're going to just do. And, and, and we got to remember, too, especially – you know, the, the, the bread and butter of what we do is high school and college, uh, covering high schools and college. You're dealing with kids. In high school, you're dealing with teenagers that are like, you know, 17, 18 years old. When you're dealing in college, you're dealing with 20, 21-year-olds. It's, they, they make mistakes. They will choke. They will lose a game because of a mistake they made. And, and you, know, you know, Matt, you were talking a little bit about you kind of become a fan of a team if you've been around for a while, you know, myself included. When you do the coaches' shows for football, Missouri State, and for basketball, you become a Bears fan, and you just want the kids to to do well and to win. You want the coaches to win so they don't get fired. But at the same time, your objectivity comes in just making sure that you're watching the game. What did they do right? What did they do wrong? It's it's not a bad thing to point out what they did wrong. The reason they lost this game was because they were out-rebounded. They turned the ball over too much. They made stupid mistakes. And you don't have to say stupid. You say, you know, they made made the wrong choice at this point. And and that's where the objectivity comes in. 
and you talk, you touched on coaches a bit. I know you asked about players, but I'll take the direction of, uh, of people I'm impressed by and looking forward to what they can do more into the coach realm because it is an amazing time right now in Springfield to be a basketball fan, especially women's basketball, I think. I think we are seeing two coaches who are going to have some very impressive careers coming forward and some moves, I think, happening probably not too long from now. I mean, start at Missouri State. What Kelly Harper right this year has done with her team, one senior, two juniors, one of which was injured very early in the season, and the rest of the roster, all sophomores and freshmen, to take them to, you know, to split a regular season series with Drake, to then beat them in the championship game, win the Valley, go to the tournament, win your opening round game, and take on Iowa State now as we're recording this, they'll be playing today, is such an incredible accomplishment. And her name's well-known for a while. I mean, her time, three-time national champion playing for the Tennessee Lady Vols under Pat Summit. you have to imagine as a name that was well-known already, and now, you know, conference coach of the year, making it to the round of 32, someone's going to come knocking soon. And Springfield will be sorry to see her go, but she's not a Springfield native, and I fully expect that her dream job is probably to end up at Tennessee, and I don't see that being out of the realm of possibility, but someone who is a Springfield native is Drury Lady Panthers head coach Molly Miller, the the team we're going to cover right now. I mean, ever since her time at Kickapoo as a player to an assistant coach at Drury to being suddenly thrust into the head coaching job, she has really not faltered once. I mean, you could count the number of teams, times she's lost in all of those roles on, on both of your hands, essentially. She has time and time again fought through adversity, losing coaching staff, losing teammates, to constantly rise up again and again and again. And I do not expect that she will be at Drury much longer, sadly to say, because I think she's done something excellent there. I think she's helped keep that program where it is. And I hope, you know, that she can continue that at least through the remainder of this season. But I have no expectation that she'll finish her career there. And it was I was joking with her when we were doing the coaches show. She was talking about my journey to to Springfield, and I said, and I talked about you know the beauty of working in TV is you never know where your next job will be, and you're kind of just for a while as long as nothing's tying you down, just kind of climbing the ladder. And I joked similar to how you're going to inevitably end up as the UConn women's basketball coach, which which most people would view at least at the moment as the top job. And it's not open right now, but, I mean, that's the level she coaches at and has demonstrated her knowledge. She's excellent to talk to. She's fun to talk to. She engages with the community as well as has a successful team. And so I'd expect both of those coaches to have some bright futures. Yeah, definitely. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, do you guys have time to be able to watch, uh, I guess, you know, your, your, your competitors or just, you know, other sports broadcasters? Anyone kind of stick out in your mind as, you know, very very good or or even like old heroes of yours <laughs> um i don't watch my competition in springfield at all mm. when i first moved down here 100 years ago uh, i did make it a point because i wasn't doing the, the anchoring money i was like the weekend guy so i would help out during the week and i would watch what they're doing but i got to the point where you can you can just drive yourself insane keeping such a, an eye on the other guys i just decided to keep an eye on what i was doing and, and just make sure that I was doing the best I could and covering the things that we can do. 
as for, I mean, I don't sit and watch ESPN at home on my off days. Yeah. Matt and Dan will tell you sometimes on the weekends, I'll go the whole weekend and not watch any sports at all. Really? Just because, you know, it's the job. It's, it's what I do. Now, do I keep a, tr a track? Yeah. Do I follow Twitter, social media on exactly what's going on? Yeah. Do I watch the, you know, I have to watch all the football games for the coaches show and I watch pretty much all the basketball games for the coaches show so that I can have a conversation with the coach that week. But if it's out of season with that, and if I'm doing something else, um, yeah, I don't watch a lot. I, I enjoy, like, for example, the NFL. I like the Chiefs. I'll yeah. watch the Chiefs pretty much every Sunday, but that'll be the only football game I watch the whole weekend. So you're definitely still watching as a fan, but not so right, much as, as a, a fan. But, but, you know, football, let's say Missouri State football for the coaches show, I will watch the Missouri State game, take notes for the different aspects of the show that we have, and then communicate those with you, actually, Tony, because you're producing it. Yeah. And then, so that I'm watching that game as as a you know as as for the job, and then I'll watch the Chiefs just as a fan. Gotcha. I mean, I would I would say there's a certain amount of sacrifice Dan's talking about. I mean, we we got into this business because of a love of sports. You can't get into this because of that. But in order to do it, you have to sacrifice a certain amount of that. I mean. We're covering games when other games are happening. We work when everyone else is off work. And so, you know, I can be a Carolina Panthers fan, but the odds that I'm going to be able to catch a game at any point are slim to none because I'm working when those games are happening. Yeah. And so you sacrifice a certain amount of that. As far as competition goes, you know, I even it's, it's funny. I agree with Dan. I haven't really watched much of the competition down here, but I'm, I would consider myself friends with the people who I'm competitors with. Like, I, I hang out with Taylor Kaufman. I hang out with, with Mark Spillane. I, I, they're around my same age and a similar life experience as me, which offers a rare opportunity to bond while also eliminating that kind of internal work drama. We, I don't have, when I hang out with them, I don't have to talk about what's happening at the TV station or anything like that. Yeah. We can just kind of bond over our job and, and hang out and both kind of get away from that job as well because we understand each other uh, to a certain extent when you get off work when you're covering sports so much, it's nice to just do something else. Yeah. It, you know, all the time we'll be like, you know, I'll get a text from someone else at the station, you know, some of our news reporters or sales will come down and want to chat about sports. And at a certain point you feel like it's just all people think about you and people forget that like, you know, hey, I'm a person too. Right. It's the same problem that athletes run into. When people see them, all they see is who they are as an athlete, but we get the rare opportunity to see them beyond that. And, and we see a bit of ourselves in that, that we're more than just people who talk about sports. And, and I'd like to discuss that, but at the same time, you have to watch that because as a TV personality, we can't just let all of our opinions on life loosen everything because people will get distracted by that. That'll, they'll think it like corrupts your, their image of you. And so you kind of have to watch who you can talk to about things other than sports. I tend to, you know, things like politics. I reserve political talk pretty much essentially for family and trustworthy trustworthy friends it is all I'm going to talk to you about that stuff. I'm not going to talk, you know, the presidential election with a, with a viewer or right. with the sales department because I just don't want to bring that into a part of my public persona, essentially, which sounds a bit narcissistic <laughs> to say. Uh, but, and I don't think that plays as much now. I mean, for now, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on camera every once in a while. A lot of my work is behind the scenes, but at a certain extent, I hope, that I'll end up in a role like Dan Lucy in which I'm far more of a figure within the community and those kinds of things can catch up to you if you constantly share them. Sure. And so I'm basically 
training myself now, I'd say, to, to prepare for that. Gotcha. And just kind of uh, piggyback off of what you're just saying, like, I think a lot of viewers don't even realize how much that uh, though we are competitors with that other station over there, uh, like a lot of times we kind of do like hang out with each other. There are, we have obviously a lot in, in common, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, we don't necessarily have to talk shop, but we can, we can and we can do it freely and op openly. And we're all the time at the same place. That's the other thing is like, like you really want to be like in immortal enemies with the person that you're going to be right beside for pretty much the entire week. Yeah. Because... Well, well, Dan Malloy, Dan Lucy, and I are next to each other at the station. A lot of the time we're spent out in the field, and we're not going to be sending multiple people to the same thing for the most part. So instead, you find yourself next to the competitors. And so it's nice to have a friendly relationship with them that you can joke around. You can even help each other out. I mean, time and time again, if you're, if you're alone, you're one-man banding it, and so are they, they can help you make sure your shot looks good. They could answer a question about, you know, if you missed a score update or who scored a touchdown, you can lean over to the other and say, who, who was that? You give each other a hand. It's a far more productive relationship than you'd get if you were constantly trying to one-up the other one. Yeah. And on social media, you were trying to tear them down to get your audience. That's And I feel like viewers wouldn't want that either. Yeah. They, they'd rather a community kind of getting along, and, and I think we would too. Dan, I, you agree? Well, I agree 100%. You know, it's, I always say it's just sports. I said that to Malloy earlier today. Nobody died. It's just sports. And, you know, I always see ourselves not so much as the competition, but, you know, you're working together. You're covering something. You know, that's just my personality. I'm not going to step on anybody. I'm going to help people out if I can. And it's just sports. You know what I mean? It's a game. <laughs> and that's not to say that there aren't people in this business who are competitive, who, who will, you know, who would love to sabotage you in an instant or not share information. There are people like that. And, and no offense, I think you find a lot of that on the news side of things. Oh, I yeah. think that they claw tooth and nail yeah. uh, for a lot of what they get. I think on sports, you do find it a bit more friendly, at least on the local level. Um, on national, it, it probably gets a lot more competitive. I doubt you'd see, you know, Scott Van Pelt hanging out with a lot of the Fox Sports people. Uh, very often, but you know, it's just it's part of the business. People get into sports a lot of times are just having a bit more fun. It's just part of our personality. Now, Matt, uh, what's the what's the end goal for you? What, what's the dream? Now, you you talk about ESPN a lot, and I can only assume that uh, Dan, you also have probably no dreams of going into ESPN. But maybe <laughs> maybe when they first came out, you know, maybe that was a thought or or what, Matt. Once you start, and and I think that's a great question because you know when Dan Lucy's growing up, Sports Center doesn't exist, yeah. and so that wasn't a goal of his. For me, Sports Center does exist, and so that is a goal of mine. But that doesn't mean that by the time I reach Dan Lucy's point, that it will. I, I don't know what the what what the atmosphere will look like at that point. So essentially. At the moment, you know, I don't have any family. I'm not from Missouri. I'm sorry, buddy. It's fine. I, you know, <laughs> not by choice. But <laughs> that's not to say, you know, maybe I don't want a family. You I know, anyone. You my, I consider you my son, my second son. Yeah, see, Dan Lucy's my, my dad away from my dad. Uh, and, and my adopted family here in Springfield. But, you know, at the point, that's kind of part of the beauty of what I'm doing is, you know, as long as there's nothing, I don't, my only responsibility at the moment is really to myself. And at that point, I can kind of just ride the ride and see where it goes. I want to, at the moment, I think it'd be awesome to reach the top. What the top will be in 
20, 25 years is unknown. If that's still SportsCenter, I think it'd be awesome to, to work in that role. If that's more in the digital realm, in multimedia, I think that that would be awesome too. I think that's where a lot of things are going is to more that non-traditional you know, space as far as social media and things like podcasts that, that are new things are going far more that way so I don't think we know what that'll be at that point but for now it's about just kind of the next step I don't know what it'll be just kind of continue to write it up see where things lead me and I think that's part of the fun in it I'm sure that that's different for Dan Lucy <laughs> December 6 2029 <laughs> that's what I need to get to that's when I retire that's when um, yeah no I, yeah and Matt's right I mean when I when I was growing up and stuff, there wasn't a sports center. Heck, sports center, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of what sports center was until I was in this business for a couple of years and seeing what they were doing on a national level as I shoot the gap here between a truck and a little car <laughs> in construction in St. Louis. Um, they could probably even hear the engine rev on that one. <laughs> I was going to say, trying to stay alive and not get a, <laughs> not get a speeding ticket through St. Louis. Um, no, I, I, I'm kind of where I want to be in my career. I'm a, I'm a grandfather now. Um, my son and his wife and family lives in Springfield, so I'm just enjoying that. I, I am, I'm, t- I'm trying to enjoy what I do because there's so much work and so much stuff involved. You can easily get, you know, bitter and, and to the point where it's so much work and not enough fun. You know, sometimes I love just going to the Springfield Cardinals and watching a couple of innings of the game. Uh, just just to enjoy it a little bit so yeah I'm, I'm definitely on the downhill side of that which I'm proud of I mean I never thought I'd be able to be in this business as long as I could without getting fired or something yeah you survived the business <laughs> which is all we ever dream of and the the technology underneath us has shifted and everything as well so uh yeah I'm, I'm happy with what I've done and I also take pride in you know I get the the guys like like Matt and Dan bring them in you know Megan Rice before that Charlie Hanama before that just get to work with people, Nick Carboni. If I leave out a name, I feel like I'm on an award show. <laughs> um, but you bring him in as, and, and you kind of, you know, you work with them. You, you enjoy the energy and um, vitality that these guys have, the passion that they have for sport. And then you take when they move up and, and move up to the next level or to the next step in their career, and you take some pride in that as well. So uh, I've enjoyed that role as well. Uh, you- you just kind of mentioned about awards and stuff like that and and, and in other terms of goals is there a what what is like the highest honor uh for a sports broadcaster uh personally and what do you think like in terms of a like professional well i mean i'm fortunate that i got into the missouri sports hall of fame which i did not even see coming that was a, a completely blind spot on me um, I think it's, you know, they give awards away, they give Emmys away, they give MBAs, uh, there's competitions for that. And when I just do my work, I just try to do, cover the things that come along on a, on a, on a yearly basis to the best of my ability, tell good stories. I never think about winning an award. And then when it says, you know, the time will come around and they'll say, hey, we're looking for, you know, submissions for awards. I can't even remember anything to do. So <laughs> it's never really been about awards or trophies or Emmys or anything like that. Yeah. I think it's more like just being able to keep a steady career, raise a family, um, coach up some, some young people and, and just try to, you know, make your life to a part where you touch some other people and maybe you make a difference in a couple of people's lives and, you know, just something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I would say the thing that I've gotten the most joy out of, even having just been in this business for as short as I have is the gratitude you get from both someone whose story you told 
and someone that you told that story to. Mm-hmm. I think the most, the two most valuable things someone can give us in life is their time and their life story. And I think that in this business, that's what we work on, is the ability to convince someone that we're worth dedicating energy and opening up to. And so, but that comes with a lot of responsibility. If someone's gonna give, tell you everything about themselves to then be broadcast to their entire community, you owe it to them to do a good job with that. We talked on storytelling earlier. That is a huge responsibility. And so to put all that work in, to have someone entrust you with that, and then on the other end, have them who you told the story say thank you for that, and to have the people you told the story to say thank you for bringing this story to me are the things that make me the most joyful. If I you know, am at a jury game and someone pulls me over and says, Matt Vereen, right? I've loved the coverage that you've done of us. Thank you so much. That's that's it. That's that's like the peak to me. I could at the moment, and I'll say I have not won any trophies at this point, so I don't know what that feels like. But at the moment, I can't imagine anything better than that feeling. All right, guys. Well, I think uh, we can start to wrap it up. Uh, do you guys have uh, social medias? How can, how can people contact you if they want to contact you? I do Twitter, and that's what I do. And it's at Dan Lucy Sports, so follow me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I have Twitter as well, just at Matt Vereen, V-E-R-E-E-N. I also have a recently launched Facebook page, trying to reach a an older audience like the likes of Tony Wynn and Dan Lucy. Uh, so I'm, I'm on there as well. Uh, just search Matt Vereen. The page, not the personal account, no offense. I've gotten personal Facebook friend requests from people. Yeah. I decline them. I'm sorry. It's just like I just... It says in my bio, if you don't know me personally, hit the page instead. That's nothing personal. It's just we're not actually friends. And so I'm not going to accept a friend request because it's called a friend request. I don't even know what you're talking about. I really don't. Yeah, I declined Dan Lucy's friend request. We're business partners. I don't consider us friends yet. I thought we were family. That's true. Family's bigger than friends, though. Family gets in fights on Facebook, and I don't want that. So we'll just we'll stay family in real life, not on social media. Deal. Well, for any crazy reason why you would want to contact me, uh, I am on the, uh, as Matt Marine has says, on, on Facebook. And you can also find me on Twitter, Tony Tony Wynn. That's W-I-N. Um, Are you on LinkedIn, uh, MySpace? Uh, LinkedIn, MySpace. Um, and I, I still, still have... I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> all the face chats and the, the snap books. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And, of course, if you uh, guys want to listen to the next episode, uh, we don't know what it's going to be about, but it's going to involve these guys again. Uh, oh, good. We're getting renewed for another season. Yeah. Nice. Season two. <laughs> uh, only one episode per season. Uh, we will do it again. Um, so I want to thank you guys for coming to my podcast. The, uh, what did I call this? The win-win, win-win situation. win-win situation. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Keep that. All right. I'll, I'll keep that. And uh, thank you for listening. See you later.